Jim Stroud fights to save America from the woke agenda by exposing the left and inspiring right turns with facts and informed opinions. Prepare yourself for intriguing interviews, political snark, and social commentary from a patriotic and conservative perspective. And it all starts in three, two, one. The Things I Think About podcast begins now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another exciting action-packed episode of The Things I Think About podcast. I'm your host, Jim Stroud, and with me as always is a very special guest. Special guest, tell us, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, I'm very glad to be with you, Jim. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I My name is Jeff Charles. Um, on Twitter, I'm known as uh, Jeff on the right. And I am a writer contributor for redstate.com and also for libertynation.com. Great conservative content. I am also the host of A Fresh Perspective with Jeff Charles, which is, which is a podcast. Um, I have an audio podcast that you can uh, check out on any or anywhere you get your podcasts. And I also have a YouTube channel where I go live twice a week. Sweet. Same name. A Fresh Perspective. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So you stay busy. You have your finger on the pulse. Very much so. It's uh, (laughs) (laughs) ever since I started doing this full time, uh, politics has been my life. You know, it's interesting you say that for some people, I don't know if this is you, so don't, don't take it as a slam. Some mm-hmm. people have replaced uh, religion for politics, and that, that is their entire identity. Have you noticed yeah. that yourself? I have, especially when it comes to partisan politics, because a lot of times it may not even be politics per se. It just may be their particular ideology. Um, I've noticed that a lot of people, especially on the left, because on the right, I mean, they're, we're already religious in general, mm-hmm. um, but on the left, they tend to be less religious than people on the right, and just in general, again. But um, but a lot of them have replaced, say, the government or progressive ideology or a different type of ideology, and have and they have basically made that their religion. You see a lot of this with the whole uh, focus on on wokeism, which I call it on purpose because wokeism is religious for for some people, not everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can you can see a, a, an almost religious dedication to that ideology, and even in the way it kind of functions, it it, it can be compared to a religion. It is. It, it's it's. I think it's antithetical to logic a lot of ways because it's like if long it seems that the 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 orthodoxy is as long as I feel that I'm right, <laughs> it doesn't matter if I'm correct or not. Uh, the amount of anger that I'm able to generate up justifies, you know, my position. And, and that's, and that's enough. It's, it's, that's been my observation. Have you seen that yourself? I have. And it's that moral outrage. I will say though, that one of the main differences between the wokeism religion and pretty much most other religions is that with wokeism, there is no path to redemption overall. Like in Christianity, you have, you know, Jesus Christ died for our sins. Sure. And in that way, we are redeemed. Islam has their version of that. I mean, a lot of other major religions have that element of redemption. This is how you can redeem yourself for having been a sinner or been, or transgressed the law or however you want to phrase that. But wokeism doesn't really have that, if you think about it. I mean, you could have said something that is that might be actually legitimately offensive mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago. And they'll, they'll come out and they'll use it against you. Even if you apologize, 
they, they don't forgive. There's no element of, of, of redemption. And you're just going to have to have to live with it. Now, that doesn't apply to everybody. But a lot of these people who are first, I call this the hard left, because I don't believe that anybody on the left who even may even believe in a little bit of wokeness, they don't necessarily have that same attitude, but they will ruin your career if they can. So that is the, the one main difference that I see between the wokeism religion and other mainstream religions. It, it's quite uh, deleterious to society, if, especially if the stuff starts to grow, which I actually believe it might end up canceling itself. But while it lasts, it's not a very beneficial contribution to American discourse and American society. Not at all. The thing that drives me nuts about it is the hypocrisy behind it. Mm. Um, let's take, for example, uh, Hunter Biden uh, use of the N word uh, when he's talking to his lawyer and how if that had been a Republican or anyone on the right, he would have been crucified, in the, I mean, crucified in the press and then burned and then uh, peed on <laughs> on top of that. <laughs> but because he is on the left, no problem, no big deal. It just go on to the next story, yeah. you know. They do, and they do tend to be pretty hypocritical with it too. I mean, and in, in this instance, we're kind of getting to more of like the team, what I call the team sports mentality. And both sides do this one. Like you know, you'll be easier on somebody on your side and not so easier on other on people on the other side. Sure, sure. However, the difference is that on the left, again, it's it's not enough for them to just criticize you or to call you out. They want to ruin you. They want to put you out of business. They want to attack your livelihood if you do or say something that they don't like. So in that way, it's more dangerous. I mean, people on the right, people always say, oh, well, the right does cancel culture too. Hey, look, I am more than willing to criticize the right. I do it all the time. There are plenty of instances where the right is just as hypocritical as the left. That does exist. Sure. This ain't one of those areas. <laughs> like if, if, if the furthest back you have to get, if the, the most recent example you can think of is the Dixie Chicks, then you don't have a much of a case to say that <laughs> the right does cancel culture just as much as the left does. It's absurd. Now uh, the left have they, they card carry uh, the liberal privilege card <laughs> that allows them to get away. Yeah. Just pull up my liberal privilege card, and yeah. and you can't touch me. Um, uh, the, the, uh, another recent example of the hypocrisy that drives me nuts when I see this double standard is uh, Larry Elder, who I'm disappointed. Uh, didn't win only because I don't, I want Gavin Newsom out so bad. <laughs> and I would have loved the psychological damage it would have done to the left to, to lose California. Oh my, the psychic, the psychic screams of outrage. <laughs> that would have been quite a, a, a would have been a sweet song, a sweet song. Um, but when you had this, um, this woman, uh, this white woman in a, on a bicycle in a gorilla mask, throw eggs at Larry Elder. Um, who is a black man, uh, and for him to be called the, the black face of white supremacy, it's just just laughable. And if you had reversed that, if he had been a Democratic candidate uh, and someone from the right in a gorilla mask had thrown an egg at him, it would have been wall to wall, co I mean, it would have been coverage 24 seven. CNN would have, would have broke off a whole new network just to talk about <laughs> the egg throwing thing. The hypocrisy is nuts. Parkinson's nuts. And there was another one too. I'm thinking there was a uh, California senator who, uh, not senator, California mayor, I think, who broke her own mask mandate because Tony, Tony, Tony was playing and she didn't yeah, want to London, London breed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, you know what? That's a valid excuse because Tony, 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 they, they do have some hits. Exactly. <laughs> 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 
I was like, yeah, it's hypocrisy, <laughs> but it's also Tony, 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 though. I mean, it's all about priorities. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about priorities. All right. Um, let me get to my, my favorite uh, whipping boy of the day. Um, so President Biden, right? So um, here's, let me read to you a, a quote. This is, this is a, a quote from New York Post, right? And the, the, the title of the article from New York Post is House Republicans file impeachment articles against Biden. And so this is a quote. A group of House Republicans have filed articles of impeachment against President Biden over his handling of the immigration crisis at the southern border and his chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, according to a report. Representative Bob Gibbs, who was leading the group, said Biden violated his oath of office on the Mexican border, the administration's eviction moratorium, and the handling of the military withdrawal from Afghanistan, according to the Daily Mail. Yesterday, I filed three articles of impeachment against President Biden based on what I believe to be clear violations of his duties as president, Gibbs told Daily Mail on Wednesday. He is co-sponsor of the articles along with Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona, Brian Babin, and Randy Weber of Texas. His willful negligence of the border crisis is a failure to maintain and defend American sovereignty. Biden's attempts to extend a federal eviction moratorium despite the Supreme Court's warning and his own admission that he has no power to do so is a blatant and intentional action that violates the separation of powers, Gibbs continued, end quote. Um, I like the sound of it. Will it really happen? Of course not. I mean, and, and, they, and they know it won't. Um, and, and who else, was, who, so who was part of the, does it say which lawmakers were a part of this? You mentioned Gibbs. I, th- I thought you told me Marjorie Taylor Greene and some others. Not- she um, was filing some of her own. I don't know if she attached to this. I don't see her cited in this article, but I know she was talking about it early on. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, she, and I want to say that shortly after she took office, she filed article, articles of impeachment too. This right here. Um, is, yeah, this, yeah, you're right. This is the second, it says this is an article. This is the second time Republicans have filed articles of impeachment. Marjorie Taylor Greene was the first one to try it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's goofy. Like they know it's not going to succeed. And, and, and I'm not defending Biden here, but, it shouldn't like what I mean, you, you can't impeach a president for being incompetent, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, there are other ways to get him out of office, mm. but I mean, that doesn't fit under high crimes and, and misdemeanors. And I think that they know it. And plus, they, they know that since the Democrats dominate the Senate, there's no chance of this working. So basically, this is just grandstanding to me. It's political theater. I, every time I see impeachment for Biden, I, I, I don't really pay attention to it. However, there is something that we need to think about here, though. Mm. I mean, even if Biden did do something that was at least close to that threshold that you, you might be able to argue that, like, let, let's say when, when the Republicans take control of Congress back in 2022, do we really want to go down that road? I mean, is that something that we really want? This is one of those situations where we have to be careful what we wish for. Well, imagine because, impeachment for impeachment all the time. Yeah, I mean, no, no I'm, not, I'm not even with that. If what happens if it succeeds? What if they actually remove him from office? Who takes over? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And and I get the I get the other arguments like doing to the Democrats what they did to Trump because they did they tried to impeach him twice and it was BS both times mm. and they knew it was BS both times. So I get it that some of what I I, I think I want to say it was Jesse Kelly or somebody else. They said you know if we do it to them when we take back Congress, it'll water down the whole impeachment process because now everybody every president will be impeached. And it will end, end up meaning nothing. I get that. But I'm thinking more pragmatically. 
I, I already think that Biden's not going to make it through his first term. I think he is going to step down. Do we really want to rush that along? Because if what if that happens, Kamala Harris takes over. And if you think Biden is incompetent, whew. you know what's funny? You said it. Watch because, out for Black uh, Hillary. I'm <laughs> looking. I'm looking at a headline from Gallup, right? And I'll just say the headline: Biden's approval rating hits new low of forty three percent. Harris's is forty nine percent. <laughs> so we you know, have I'm, hit a pressure. Harris's approval rating was lower than any other vice president at one point. Mm. I can't remember. I think it was like a couple months ago that that poll came out. <laughs> mm. So that's uh, hmm. what do you think? Uh, I have yet to speak to someone on the right who says that uh, Harris is the lesser of two evils. I've, 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 I've always heard people say that if Biden leaves and Harris takes over, that you wish for the good old days of, of, of Biden. Why do you say that? Or what, would you agree with that? If so, why? I would agree with that for a few reasons. I mean, okay. obviously Biden has shown himself to be incompetent. As far as ideology goes, and, mm-hmm. and I know that people on the right always want to make it sound like he's Bernie Sanders socialist. He is not. He's not. He is winking to that crowd a lot because he has to you know, kind of give them a wink and a nod to make them happy. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris, when she was in the Senate, she was the most left wing. Now, I will say that she is more of a puppet. She will be easier to control by the establishment, but not that much easier. I mean, if you remember during the campaign when she was still in the running for the nominate for the Democratic nomination, she said she said that if you were in office, that if a state wanted to pass an abortion bill, like, for instance, like here in Texas, they would have to run that by the, the Department of Justice first. They wanted to run it through her administration first before they can pass a law. That is extreme overreach. Mm. She, al- she also said something similar when it comes to guns. She said if she t- t- took office, they, she would give Congress 100 days to pass meaningful gun control legislation, or then she would just go ahead and take it over and she would just start doing whatever she wanted as far as gun goes. And as somebody who actually just bought his first gun yesterday, I'm not down with that. So yeah, I mean, she, uh, Biden has authorian- authoritarian tendencies. He is very incompetent. But Kamala Harris is like him on steroids because she is also incompetent. I mean, if you look at that political report that came out a while ago about her, the toxic work environment that she cultivates in her office, yeah. she's not a good manager. She, she's not right. good at leading. She has the, the charisma of a bag of rocks and she really doesn't know what she's doing. And she is very much okay with expanding government in a way that is more intrusive in, in our lives. So I do think that Biden... Lesser of two evils right there. What do you think of the transformation? The, and I give credit to the marketing department, right? Because when she was running for president, she had like a 2% uh, vote approval. Uh, she mm-hmm. did not have the, um, the backing of the black community, to put it mildly, probably because right. of all the stuff she did in California, uh, putting so many in jail. But once she became the first black female vice president, it was like all sins have been forgiven and a halo was put around her and she was just wonderful, at least for, for a while. Um, who's in charge of doing that? I mean, is it, is it just, who, who does that? These are the people I would like to meet. Like, how do you transform someone in the public image to make them seem so, so wonderful? I mean, she may, maybe she's a lovely person. I don't know. <laughs> I only know what I, what I, what I see there, but Who's in charge of that? Who, who, who does that stuff? 
you, you know, there there are kingmakers in the in the Democratic Party. There are people who are in charge of messaging. Same in the Republican Party, but the Democrats are much better at it than the Republicans are. Also, we have to also have to remember that the Democratic Party has a massive propaganda arm known as the activist media, known as CNN, MSNBC, the Washington Post, New York Times, True. all the rest. So they, I mean, when they converge to actually want to push somebody, it's much easier for them to do that than it would be for a Republican or let's say a Democrat who doesn't quite have their favor. However, mm-hmm. if we look at the way her approval ratings have been trending in general, I mean, imagine what it would be if they weren't shilling for her all the time, that people still see through her. People still don't like her. I, I mean, Biden picked her, and I hate—I even hate saying this because I hate it when Republicans say it about other Black people. Mm-hmm. But she was picked because her of her race, sure. And she wasn't. A, and here's the thing with the Black community: she was not picked to appeal to the Black community. She was picked to appeal to white progressives, especially white liberal women, and it worked. And it, that's one of the reasons why women turned on Trump. I, I fully believe that. Black women are more likely to like her than black men, but in general, black people are just aren't, aren't feeling Kamala Harris like that. So yeah, they, they, the, the, the machine worked to a certain extent, but I think a lot of that has worn off because, I mean, there's, there's just certain things that even they can't fix. And she is just, she's not a very good candidate. And I think what happened is that they pushed her and then after they realized that she has no charisma, she doesn't connect with people and she's incompetent, she doesn't have that type of personality. She's not like the Obama type. Right. Then now they, they realize that they're kind of stuck with her at this point. I think even if Oba, even if a Biden does make it through his first term, she will still be the one that run that they put up for president. Were you surprised when after she butchered Biden on the Democratic um, debate? I mean, she man, she cut him down like wow. The next thing you know, oh yeah, he's he he you know she, she's his running mate and. Uh, prior to being named, <laughs> prior to <laughs> prior to prior to her being named VP, she was like, you know, uh, believe all women, you know, and she was really coming after him with that stuff too. But now that she's was was his running mate, all of a sudden, all that just went away. And for me, even though I knew a little bit about her history from California, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that to me was a moment of integrity or, or lack of integrity that really resonated with me. Like, how can you say all these things about him one day and then the next day, oh, just it was just a debate. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's just not the bad taste in my mouth. And I never really respected her after that. Um, but that's 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 just me. You know, uh, please keep hate mail to a minimum. <laughs> from my left friends here. All right, here's another um, article here you're here for you. This one from, from Breitbart. So uh, there you go. All right, so the ultra left-wing ice cream company, Ben & Jerry's, unveiled a new flavor. Change is brewing. In support of Representative Cori Bush's Black Lives Matter approved Policing and Public Safety Act on Monday, contending it's time to divest from systems that criminalize Black communities and invest in a vision of public safety that allows everyone to breathe free, end quote. First question, uh, would you like to taste this new ice cream change is brewing? Uh, you know, I'm not really into sweets, so no. Um, <laughs> if I was into sweets, I'd try it for good, <laughs> I guess. This is interesting to me because this is the, uh, the child of defund the police. 
Like they'll say, okay, we don't want police in our neighborhood, so we're going to take the money away. But instead of new police, we want these new, I guess, federalized police that can be controlled from Washington. So someone from Washington can control the police in your neighborhood down to that, to that level. It seemed like it's more of a bid for more power over everyone as opposed to really helping the community. Am I reading too much into it? What, what do you think? I, I don't think so. I mean, and to be fair, I mean, when a lot of them say defund the police, they don't always mean, you know, having fewer police in the neighborhood. Mm. But a lot of them do, and they will tell you that. Some of them will lie about it, but a lot, some of them will straight up tell you that. And then some do want a more of a federal involvement as if that's somehow going to decrease police brutality. I mean, the thing is, I mean, defund the police. I mean, it's a very, mm. it's a very white progressive thing to do. It shows that they don't understand what's going on in, in the black community. Sure. They're not even in touch with the black community. I mean, there's that Gallup poll from last year that showed that 81% of black Americans want either the same level of police activity in their neighborhoods or yep. we want more. And so they want to defund the police in a way that will result in fewer police, which goes directly against the wishes of black America, because the, the bottom line is they don't give a crap what we think. They don't care about us. They don't care if we live or die. As a matter of fact, the more dead black bodies, the better, because they can stand on those dead black bodies that are killed by police and use that to further their agenda. Nobody who is sane actually believes that fewer police on the streets will somehow make a neighborhood safer. The black people don't want to get rid of the police. We want to reform the police. And I, those are conversations that I'm willing to have because I do think that we have a problem with police brutality. It mm. affects black people the most, but it also affects white people. It affects Latinos. It, it affects everybody. And if they really wanted to change to, to affect change, they would focus on areas that would that, that would decrease that. Now, there are plenty on the left who do. I mean, there are even local Black Lives Matter organizations that actually do the work. I may disagree with them politically, but but they're not the same as the overall, the international organization. They're not you know trying to get rid of the family and all that stuff. They're just trying to affect change within their communities. But I think that people who've pushed these ideas like defund the police, even after this year, when we saw that crime is going up and up and up and up and up, especially in cities that slash the police budget, like, yep. like, like here in Austin, mm. it has a horrible impact. It's not the only reason why crime has increased, but there's no denying that it is not a primary contributor and not a single person who was pushing for that would actually be affected by it because they do this stuff from behind their 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 gated communities they're, they're never going to be they're never going to have to deal with the consequences of these proposals they don't care but they can do it because they don't have any competition as far as black votes are concerned they know republicans aren't trying to get black votes so i mean why wouldn't they put forth stupid ideas i think republicans have a habit of <clears throat> Pulling, um, pulling defeat out of the jaws of victory. I, I think that there is a great opportunity right now to build up their base if that's what they wanted to do, right? Among the, among the African-American base um, or among the Latino base, for sure, <laughs> around the Southern border uh, oh, yeah. right now. But I, I, I don't see them doing it. One, one thing, that the, the, big, the biggest beef I have with the Republican Party right now is that I don't, I can, I can, and I can't say this for all of them. I do see some fighters, but most of them don't seem to want to fight. It's like it's, it's, it's like it's not really a Democrat versus Republican. It's like it's basically um, a uniparty. <laughs> to quote uh, some, uh, Steve Bannon, who said that uh, uniparty that they're just uh, in 
they're playing in different camps, but it's still a situation of there's a party who wants a globalist, who has a globalist perspective. They're not really caring about America as a nation. They want, uh, they don't believe in sovereign nations. They would just want a whole globalist type of system. Right. And they could be on the Democrat or the Republican side, you know, and, and those who tend to want to have a sovereign nation tend to be on the right more so than on the left. When I've noticed, has that been your observation as well? Yeah, yeah, it has. In, in large part, it has been people on the right who don't who want to not necessarily be isolationist, but they, you know, the, the, the saying goes America first, you know, they want to put our country first before we are trying to take care of everybody else. It's one of the reasons why so many uh, Republicans uh, wanted to pull out of Afghanistan and still agree that we should have. They just yep. don't like the way it was done, obviously. But oh no, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I do think so. But I do think that in, in some ways, I mean, this isn't so much Republican versus Democrat. It's the elite versus the rest of us. The elites yeah. love global globalization and they love to, sol- to solidify their power. I mean, when it comes to say open borders. There are Republicans who are every bit as open borders as Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mm. for different reasons, but mm. they, they want open borders. If, if they wanted to fix immigration, they could have when they when they were in office. They didn't because they don't want to fix the problem. So it's it's very complex in how this works out. I think I think it's why Donald Trump won in 2016. I think it's why he's still popular on the right. I think it's why he still wields a tremendous amount of influence. Because at least on the right, we recognize that our establishment needs to go. Sure, sure. Speaking of speaking of which, and and <laughs> snatching uh, defeat out of out of the jaws of victory, when twenty twenty two comes around, I've read a lot of conservative thought that said it's going to be a bloodbath. Going to be a bloodbath. We're going to just you know take over. And I like to believe that the right would take over, um, but again, Republicans do have a habit <laughs> of messing up a good thing. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think it's going to be the bloodbath that so many say, or the Republicans are going to manage to mess it up? Um, I think Republicans will win it. I don't. I don't know if it'll be a bloodbath. That's possible, but I think it's going to be more that the Democrats lose the midterms more than the Republicans winning the midterms. I mean, if you look at their trajectory right now, much of what they support is unpopular. Like we were just talking about defund the police. The mm. majority of Americans don't want to defund the police. You know, when we talk about elements of critical critical race theory and um, woke theology being infused into the classrooms. The majority of Americans, Democrats included, are not on board with that. Then you look at the migrant crisis, and this is Biden's migrant crisis. He oh, yes. Is of this. And it is pro- projected to be the worst that we've ever had in American history by the end of this year. I mean, you, and then you look at Afghanistan. The Democrats think that Afghanistan is going to go away. It's not. It, it will. St- and if Republicans are smart, they will be playing that up as much as they possibly can, even beyond the midterms. So- mm-hmm. And what I've been saying is that essentially Republicans just have to not be dumber than the Democrats. That being said, we know that it is very possible for the Republicans to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. So I wouldn't put it past them. But at this point, they're not even in enough power to even be able to really mess up their chances of winning. My concern is if we do take back Congress, who are we putting in there? Are we putting in more of the same? Are we putting in more of the establishment? I, we need to pay very close attention to the primary season. Otherwise, it's not going to matter if we take back Congress, if we have the same type of people. We need to, to support these people who are primarying the people who need to go. I know Trump is, is being very instrumental in that, but I, I, we, need more, we need more focus on that because the primaries 
are typically elections that people ignore. No, if you're in a state and one of your representatives or one of your senators is somebody who you know wants to go back to the pre-Trump days, mm-hmm. you need to put everything that you have behind the candidate that's challenging <clears throat> that prime example. If you don't like what Liz Cheney has been doing, she's part of the establishment, you better make sure her challenger wins, give them all the support they need and show up to the polls when it's time to vote in the primary. Don't just wait until it's time to vote in the actual election. Show up for the primaries. I hope people pay that close attention. I think most people do not pay as much attention. So it takes pundits like like, like you and I and, and other influencers to point that out. I think a lot of people just look for the R behind the name and just say, well, they're not Democrats. So, and they don't really yeah. realize who they're voting for. Uh, one more question. Uh, right now, the rumor mill pretty much has made a conventional wisdom that Trump is going to run in 2024. If, uh, 2024. if he does not run, for whatever reason, who do you think should be uh, nominated if he does not run? You know, I've, I've kind of avoided that question because it's still too soon. I mean, I know that DeSantis will be the front runner unless sure. somebody else comes along. So I, I would rather wait and see to see who's actually going to be running. DeSantis is OK. I mean, I have some issues with him, but I, I think, you know, there are things that I like about him, too. Um, I do like that. He, you know, has the Trumpiness without Trump's weaknesses. That's always pleasant. And honestly, I don't think anybody gets nominated unless they're Trumpy without his weaknesses. We, sure. I mean, people want Trump 2.0. And it's funny because I just wrote about this recently. As far as conservative attitudes about this, people are split. About 51% of Republicans think that we have a better chance of winning if Trump is actually the, nom- the nominee. Mm-hmm. 49% said we would be better served if, if there was a different candidate and not Trump running. So, oh. I, and, and this is even among people who like Trump. And, and I follow that camp. I mean, I, I like a lot of what Trump did, but I, I want somebody without his baggage. Because that's to me, is a better chance of winning. But again, even if he does run, he still has a very good chance of winning too. So it may, the point may even be moot. But I, I do think that I, I, I want to wait and see what's happening first, because I, I don't know who's running. I mean, Ted Cruz might run, you know, other people. Uh, it's just, it's too early to tell. I know that there will be no establishment people who try to run who will get the nomination. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be somebody who's more in line with Trump. So, I yeah. mean, if Mitt, Romney, Mitt Romney's not going to try, but but like Nikki Haley, she's talking about running. Come on, you're not going to get the She's not going to get the nomination. I, and I don't even dislike Nikki Haley, but she won't get it. <laughs> so uh, I think I think uh, Trump poo-pooed her actions because she stabbed in the back. So I, I think she, if, he, if he does not run, he's definitely the kingmaker or queenmaker, yes. whatever the case may be. Um, let, let me throw a couple of names, other names out there and see, see how you feel about them. Uh, Mike Pence, what chance would he have? <sighs> Did he put a bad taste in your mouth? Yeah, like I, so many others. Yeah. I mean, Pence is okay, but I, I don't think he, I don't think he'd get the nomination. Two, I, I don't really have a problem with him, but I, I just don't. Really? Think I, I feel like he, I feel like he stabbed Trump in the back. Um, uh, I don't know if he actually had the power. To stop the uh, to test contest the election, as, as some said, I don't really know that. It just felt like he didn't have his back at a time when he, if he's your running mate, he's supposed to be your running your ride or die. I know some politics is convenient. It, it, I didn't I didn't feel the loyalty there, so I, I had a bad taste in my mouth with him. Uh, Christy Nome. I actually wouldn't mind that. I, I like her. 
I, 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 I don't think she'd get the nomination. She might, but um, I could see her doing pretty well. I, I, I could see her representing herself very well, even if she didn't get the nomination, maybe to set something up for later. I like her overall, but I had a problem with um, some legislation that she, that. The transgender thing. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. 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 That rubbed Before that, I was, I was on, I was like, okay, I could see a, I could see a DeSantis gnome ticket, maybe, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, but I don't know. All right. Let the last, last one I'll throw at you. Marjorie Taylor Greene. No, 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 no. Never say ne- no, no, no personal choice or no, there's no chance. Because I wouldn't oh. say there's no chance. <laughs> you, I, you mean, say- I, I wouldn't be surprised if she ran. I mean, she, she likes the attention. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she ran. But I, yeah, I, I don't think that she'd get the nomination. I think she's too much of a liability. <laughs> you think she would get a lot of support, though? But she'd get some support. Yeah. I mean, because some people like that whole thing. But mm-hmm. I I think that, you know, like against somebody like a DeSantis, no. Oh. Okay. I could, I could sort of see that because the set, it seems more polished. And plus he's been out there for a while more. Well, he's, well. He's, been, he's been out there for a while and he's angling for it. I mean, he said recently that he's not thinking about running. He's not trying to run. I'm like, yeah, right. Come on now, bro. You know, you're running. Now he, he has just established himself very well. He has positioned himself very well. He's gone out the media like nobody other than Trump has done. I mean, he's yeah, been yeah. very great. He, I love it when he goes after the media. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Republicans go, they like his approach to the, to the coronavirus and all of that. Uh, he has done a good job and his team has done a good job of positioning him. So I, it's going to be, he, regardless of who it becomes, he's going to be hard to beat. If Trump doesn't, doesn't run, he will be very hard to beat in, in that, in the primaries. What if he's, uh, uh, what if Trump does one does run and DeSantis is his VP? Is that a shoe in? Yeah. Here's, here's my only concern with it mm. because remember what happened in 2020. I mean, it, when people voted for Biden, they weren't voting for Biden. They were voting against Trump. Right. My concern is he, he, Trump triggers Democrats so much that they, <laughs> they were willing to turn out in full force to vote against him. He was, they viewed him as that much of a threat. That's why, that's, one, that's why I would rather it be somebody different. Because even though they can make DeSantis the boogeyman, they can't do that nearly on the same scale as they can do that with Trump, like they, they can't use their DeSantis to energize their base as much as they would be able to use Trump to energize their base. Mm. Even gonna, then though, he might still win, especially if DeSantis is his running mate. It, it may not be enough for them. Yeah. Especially when you see how badly they're handling things. Maybe America would be like, you know, didn't like Trump, but look what Biden did for those four years. Trump wasn't that bad. So that that's, that's also a possibility too. You know what, I'm gonna make a wild, wacky prediction for, for the Democrat side. Um, I'm going to predict, and this is like a hundred to one odds, I'll admit, I'm going to predict that, uh, the nomination would be someone like, or I'll say it'll be, it'll be Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She'll be old enough by then to actually run. And because she's so radical, it's going to appeal to what a, what a Democrat party is, is leaning towards anyway. They're, they're really going super hard left overall. Uh, and I think that, um, she's young, so she represents a younger American. She's Latino, so she's, you know, she's brown and people are going to re- resonate with that. I think if it's not her, no, I'll just say, it. I think it's going to be her. I think she's going to make a serious inroad. Whether she actually gets the ticket, I don't know. 
but I think she's going to make a serious inroad in 2024. You think she'll try to get the nomination? Yeah, and I, and I think that if she doesn't get it, she'll be she'll get really close to it, which will really surprise a lot of people. That's my that's my wild, wacky hundred to one prediction. You heard it here first. I, I won't be surprised, especially. I mean, even if she didn't in twenty twenty four, I could see her doing it later. She's very popular on the on the left. Yeah, is she, what did she get or not? I I can see her trying. Yeah, I can see her trying, and I can see her getting uh, a lot of progress in that regard for sure. And yep. if it doesn't work out, to your point, she'll try it again and again and again. I think if she doesn't, if she tries it and doesn't get it, uh, that thirst, that taste to almost getting it will be yeah. too much to resist. And uh, it won't, you know, so there you go. Sir, I have enjoyed this conversation so much. Uh, if someone wanted to get more information about you and your content, how can they find you online? Yeah, so you can get me on Twitter at Jeff on the right. Uh, same on Instagram. It's at Jeff on the right. Um, you can check out my YouTube channel, which is a fresh perspective with Jeff Charles. Uh, you can also check out the audio podcast wherever you you get your podcast. Just recently dropped a pretty good interview there. And um, yeah, that's it. You can read my stuff at redstate.com and liberty, libertynation.com. Cool beans. Thank you so much, sir, for being on the Things I Think About podcast. All right. Thanks for having me on. You just heard the Things I Think About podcast. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, Jim Stroud wants to hear from you. Contact him at jimstroud at jimstroud.com. And while you're at it, share this podcast and spread the word that it's up to us to save America.